Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Hello and welcome to Action Jacks. I'm Tim Howe. Greg Pappas in the studio. Matt Burn on the board. We're full up here. SB features up three. NASDAQ features up 25. Um, it's a good thing we have Greg here today because he can. Walk us through this bleep storm here with AI and Microsoft. That uh, on Friday, Microsoft was down like almost ten bucks. It's like a reality TV show over yeah. there. No, I no, this morning I got up six and a half, so it's bouncing back. It's a Fibonacci replacement, I, right? Two thirds. Can't imagine that the CEO is happy <laughs> this past few days. He's Which one? Be absolutely steamed. <laughs> the one that matters, Chief. So, uh, no, Microsoft. No, no, no. Well, you know, these, is, is whatever, I don't know. I can't tell if these guys are good or bad, half of them, to be honest with you. But I don't know what good or bad is, but I, I know he's got to be pretty steamed. Well, so they put all this money, you, you take it from the top here. Who, so OpenAI is a company that decided to create artificial intelligence, whatever. This was a while ago. Elon Musk was actually um, part of the founding. Hmm. They removed, or Musk left, they... Fast forward, create you know GPT and ChatGPT and all all the large language models, and they release their product, and they're not nobody's making money yet, but they can. I mean, if they they really want to, they can you know crank out a whole bunch of cash if they wanted to. Microsoft sees that. Um, Nadella, the CEO, says you know we're going to do a deal with these guys. They do a deal where they buy forty nine percent. So Microsoft takes a forty nine. It says here. They began investing in OpenAI as early as 2019, initially with around $1 billion. That figure has ballooned since the amount reported to be closer to $13 billion. Oh, yeah, $13 billion, I think close to an $80 billion valuation. So Microsoft's, you know, very, very um, invested. I, I don't know if $10 billion is a lot for them, but they're, they're interested in the AI technology that's going on behind the scenes at OpenAI. Um, they're in OpenAI's management structure and corporate structure is I don't get it either so their board and their CEO I'm not sure if they have shares or how they're but it started as a not-for-profit and there was a conflict there and Musk left and 
uh, there's just uncertainty. It started as a not-for-profit. Yeah, it started as a not-for-profit. Like a, Anyways, like a 401c, uh, one of those things? Uh, whatever it was, it was a okay. not-for-profit. And the management structure, and they're they're all kind of weird and, you know, non-corporate. And so now they get a, they get not acquired. This is the original, we go to school, we go to work and play ping pong all day and all that crap kind of place. Um, yeah, but they're really good at large language models. So they, they have their management and their board and the management all of a sudden has no shares anymore. So Sam Altman has no shares. He's just seemingly governing um, altruistically or, or just for the, the academic... Did, now, did he sell his shares? The ac- academic exercise. I think the guy's got, like, I don't know, four or $500 million, but he's still not being compensated. He has no shares in the company he's running. Never did. And it started. No, he, did, that's, he definitely made money. He okay. just doesn't make money anymore. So... Whatever. Um, the board gets pissed at Sam uh, last week, or I guess over the course of however long they've um, since the Microsoft thing. And they're saying the board's, uh, this is, they're, they're accusing him of not being transparent. Whatever. It ends up last week with them tossing him out. So the guy who's been the face of the company since day one and the leader of the company, even though he's got no shares or whatever, and the guy who's always in the press gets tossed out of well, how come every company. time he sells shares, you know, give him more shares like they do Musk at Tesla? Maybe. I don't, I don't think they did that, though. No. So, so they toss him out. And then, um, as you saw in the markets, you know, things kind of went a little, little goofy. I'm not sure about the board if they have a bunch of stock or not. But, you know, these are highly controversial people in the tech circle. And they toss him out, and immediately the company mutinies slash revolts, and they say, you know, without this guy, we're not going to come. Well, is it is it his? Is he Edison, or is he just the face, or is he just a? a He's all of the above for that company. Okay, so he is actually into the technology. It's not some big BSer. Right, right. He's more Edison than Jack Welch. Okay, so they they openly revolt, and the board. They demand that the board resigns and bring him back. <laughs> so then there's that talk. Over so the, the so they is the 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 workers. Well, the president quits, right? The, the president, quits. yeah, resigns. This is he he resigns and he says. You know, but he wasn't the guy they, they moved up to the job either. Um, I don't think so. Initially, yeah, Brockman. Are you talking about? Yeah, I, they want. They, yeah, they've. They've got all sorts of problems with the workers after they fire Sam. So then, as that's settling, um, the Microsoft CEO supposedly gets involved because Microsoft owns forty nine percent and they own it in an eighty well, they were, they were dollar, the, eighty billion dollar valuation. They're putting the, uh, they were putting the technology chief Mira Marati is, is the interim CEO. I think she was the the she was not the president. She was the technology. Yeah, chief. she was, she was CTO. Yeah, and they put. They put her in charge, and meanwhile, the the workers are still saying, you know, the board this board needs to go. Sam needs to come back. They probably um, took their case to the Microsoft guy. Uh, the Microsoft CEO gets involved, and he ends up um, he ends up hiring Sam and Greg, the the two top guys, I think, for an AI lab at Microsoft, and so 
now Microsoft is effectively supposedly competing with itself. So they booted the lady and now the former well Twitch they, Twitch chief, Emmett Shear, whatever Twitch is. I'm not sure where she's going to land, but the, the Twitch chief is now CEO of OpenAI, which is still its own, you know, in its, its own... It's under the umbrella of Microsoft, but the whole, the whole reason the synergy was supposed to take place was because Microsoft has the infrastructure in which to run all the, the huge computing load. So they've got Azure and the, the, the right, so Alman, tech Alman backbone is now to do AI. all. If you were to task OpenAI with getting a server farm or a server whatever in order to let people do their, I, th I think they. Yeah, it's it's a lot. The um, chat GPT requires a ton of computer power, computer power, and they don't have it. So they went to Microsoft and they partnered, and that was the idea. But now <laughs> they're openly hostile, I guess, against Microsoft, and Microsoft's going to compete with them. So it seems like they're going to compete know, with the people they invested all this money into. It seems like it. They hired they, well, OpenAI dismissed the CEO. So Microsoft said, okay, you can come work for us. Well, it says here, Alman himself has already found the new role leading a new advanced AI right. research team. At Microsoft. Where he, yeah, where he'll be joined by former OpenAI board chair Greg Brackman and several other employees. So when he, the, whole, the whole team went over to Microsoft, and we'll see what's left of the right. AI. And supposedly, you know, he's got the hearts and minds of most of his employees, or his former employees. I bet half of them hate him. Well, Maybe. So now you've got a scenario in which OpenAI is is going to be competing with Microsoft, their uh, their forty nine percent shareholder. <laughs> so if if you think you're having a bad day, talk about uh, the Microsoft CEO right now. Well, he just um, lit ten billion dollars on fire or whatever. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe they get to bring it all in house now. But uh, well, I don't know about that. I mean, who knows? I mean, you never know. I mean, I, you you probably know, but I can't tell. I these, know nothing. It, it, well, in, the, in this in this world of celebrity CEOs, it's He's all about definitely how you, a celebrity CEO. Yeah, it's all about how you you show up on on TV and how how you market yourself. I mean, whether you do anything or not, I don't you know who knows. Well, in terms of that, I mean, he might be better than the Microsoft CEO at that. Uh, so that guy's pretty good. Maybe he's on track to be the next Microsoft CEO. Well, it'll be all happening on a weekend. It, well, that's interesting. But yeah, I can't imagine being the Microsoft CEO having all that happen right under my, right under. <laughs> you got to look terrible for that. I mean, well, I mean, you have to when you own forty nine percent. It means you're not in control. There's a board. Yeah, but we know who's in control. Well, it's just saying. I mean, it's, uh, but that was the idea. I think the board uh, at OpenAI was angry that they might have been moving too fast or going what more with what Microsoft wanted to do monetization. Because supposedly the board is, um, they they're more. He could have just got they're way more, too pompous. What's it called? Conscious about? Yeah. Well, um, who knows what they're. It it was, what was it? I don't know. More like the Musk opinion, where they you know safety. Let's move slowly. This is going to break things. Well, like that you, I mean, you never know. It might it might have just been a total personnel. He might have, he might have had the personnel at the board was all there to rubber stamp, which most of these boards do, and maybe they didn't want to. You know. No, they definitely. They, they didn't want to. You're out. I mean, how, name me name me one of these boards that's more powerful than the CEO, which is which is nuts. I mean, yeah, a board, they, the board is there to hire and fire the CEO. That's their job, right? Yeah, and they did, and they lost most of their their support. And you know what? But they may the people left might be just as good. You never know. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it's just 
sadly, just think fun all the to watch. It's, it's like yeah. Oh, yeah, reality it's TV. It is. All right, so um, we're going to start, uh, you and I, and uh, well, you know, people around us, we're going to start doing a, uh, a little more uh, on individual stocks and maybe even a couple yeah, of so indices, you know, the sector indices. Tweet at us, stocks and jocks. Yeah, because we're, we're going to... Here's 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 the rub with that. I mean, um, I don't don't want to, nor on, on the air. I mean, I do for individual people when I when I don't. Now we're just talking them. about the markets. We're not giving yeah. recommendations or specific well, stuff. We're, we're, we're talking gonna, about what looks what looks juicy, what doesn't. We're going to bring up. We have two two kind of uh, feeds that most people don't have. Um, we have uh, a group from Bar Chart that. Uh, gives us access to their stuff and one of these days might want to come on as a sponsor and actually have a couple, one of their guys on once a week while they're thinking about it. But they send us all their their stuff and those guys in, every day come up with a chart of the day. And it's not really a <clears throat> it's not really a recommendation but it's a very unusual chart that shows you know maybe it's a buy point maybe it's not. Um, but they do that we get that we get that every day or three four times a week. Um, yeah we've got their whole suite. And, uh, but that gives you a pretty interesting thing. We also get, uh, I am privy to the feed from uh, uh, Dr. J's uh, Unusual Activity Report. And some of the stuff on there, I don't really say too much about it on the show because a lot of it is uh, is, is kind of crazy stuff, Greg. I mean, guys will buy, what did I get last week? He bought like 80,000 of the, of the VIX, like, uh, you know, <laughs> like the 180 call. Yeah, they got ideas. I mean, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what these people. That's for so sure. A lot, I mean, you, you do see a lot of this stuff is is, is just just kind of useless. So somebody will buy the, you know, the, the the 300 calls in the GLD or something when it's trading 182. Or, you know, it's kind of. You know, it's. I mean, I, mo- a lot of this stuff is kind of like that. So even though it's unusual activity, it's not something you you really want to do. I um, mean, at least mo- <laughs> if you want to make money. It's almost like guys. Well, we did we did as part of our you know mini stocks and jocks portfolio experiment. We did some uh, we did some trades in Home Depot. Yeah, that was, that was what I'm saying. What I'm going with is it I'm saying if it's, if it's two three days in a row though. Yeah. Then then I start to look at it more. Um, and I don't have a, a my cl- my clientele mostly wants to protect stuff in the indexes and things. We have single stack issues. Well, if we have you know if, if something's going on, say in Exxon, which we have a lot of, we got a lot of Microsoft, we got a lot of UPS, we got a lot of stuff that individual people have concentration issues. So, if I see something that is an unusual activity, say in UPS, when I have a lot of people that have UPS, you know, I'm all over it. You know, whether I mean, it's, but it's not gospel. You know, I mean, it's not like it's, oh God, somebody bought five five thousand of these contracts, we better go buy the stock or sell the stock or something. I don't, I don't see it as being like that at all. But if all of a sudden. You start to see a lot of activity two, three days in a row, and maybe different strikes. It's it's just another arrow in the quiver, right? Right. So what we're trying to do is is if we can get, put together something maybe significant from there and from the chart stuff. When those guys are really good at those. Last week it was uh, some company I hadn't traded in ages. It was a consumer company that they had they had gone way down, way down. And all of a sudden they were starting to bounce back up, and it was an interesting looking chart. Now me not being a chartist, I'm looking at it and saying because. There have been times in the market, and this is, uh, you know, Greg, you've been around long enough, not, not long as me, thankfully for you, but um, there have been times in the market where different strategies work and different ones don't. I mean, when, the, when we came out of 2000, 2001, you know, we had the horrendous drop in the market values, especially in the 
in the QQQ stuff, the Cisco's and all those things went down to really 10-20% of their former value. I mean, it was brutal. But when you got down there, all of a sudden things started to, to rally off there. It was, it's never easy trading, but it was, if, if you just were on a pattern where you looked around for any kind of stocks that maybe hadn't moved yet, hadn't participated, and you and you sit there and go, oh, God, oils look like it's going up, everybody's up, but Chevron. I mean, you could buy a little Chevron, and sure enough, in two, three weeks, month maybe, Chevron would now start to participate. People were constantly looking for the laggards. And then, then you'll go through a period where nobody cares about those stocks. They can stay down for years, and everybody only wants five or six stocks, or eight stocks, or ten stocks. I mean, there's there's patterns to this that keep changing. That's why any any style that people have, in my opinion, if you always do the same style, you depending on your timing, uh, you know, you're going to do good for a while and not so good for a while. So you, you end up, you know, you have you have to keep moving a little bit. I mean, one of the things that I always end up I'll say having to do is because a lot of the people that I uh, manage money for are are retired and that sort of thing. I mean, for those people, I have to stay protected, you know, because uh, that's that's what they want me to do and that's what I do. But I mean, for the, there's no so there's no. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, I'm going I'm to drop. It's like dropping the car insurance because it's a sunny day. I mean, you know, you don't do that for people when you promise the other. That's why you know guys like. Uh, no, I won't say any names. People on CNBC would say stuff like, uh, "Well, the, what the Fed's doing, uh, you just got to be in the market, no matter what. You got to—they're chasing you further out on the risk curve." Greg, if it's your grandpa, he can't go further out on the risk curve. Yeah, like, it's he, not a great idea. It's no, risk losing forty percent or thirty yeah. percent when yeah, when when you when you get retirement. Be different if you're making two hundred grand a year and your portfolio is a hundred grand. Right, you'd be adding money. Yeah, you you add money every month, and but if that guy says be aggressive, don't have any coming in. Yeah, then you got a whole prop. It's a whole different program. So, I mean, it's uh, anyway. But but I think Nvidia has earnings this week. Yeah, that should be. Last time they they blew over five hundred, right? And they went flying back down to like four hundred. Well, now they're back up to four ninety six. We're up again this morning, and I just you know I know using it as a using it as an analysis you know, point or whatever it is, if you take a look at the vol and it's 37, what does that mean? Well, it means you know, the stock may or may not be 37% up or down <laughs> in this next, uh, this next year. So 30%, uh, that's for the year. If you kind of back into, um, back into the, the volatility for this month or this upcoming move, you know, roughly, you could probably say within the next month it might move, you know, ten percent. Well, it's all it's all going to be this week. Yeah, and this so week, what what are we expecting this week? You know, it definitely could move ten to ten to eleven percent. So, well, <laughs> just to bull, give you just to give you a clue, the five hundred straddle Friday night. Let's open the day and we'll get a better. I'm, I'm guessing without looking at it, I'm guessing it's uh, seven and a half dollars. Seven and a half. Or not seven seven and a half percent. So what's what's the current price? Um, forty bucks. So that's, that's no, it's uh, four hundred or what? Five hundred. Say five hundred. Five hundred. This rail is forty. So I'm guessing it's worth thirty-seven and a half together. Well, no, it's it's forty. It's forty. Okay, right so it. I was off three. Yeah. $3. So I mean, it's so that's what is that's pushing the low, um, eight percent, eight and a half. Yeah. In the last week, we had Target, we had Walmart, we had. We have positions in these things, unfortunately. So before we skip skip there, you're saying uh, forty dollars each way. Yes. Yeah. So if you're a bull, 
you're paying five for the five forty calls. If you're a bear, you're uh, the well. No, if, if you what, what's the, the, the stock? You what's combine the, the you combine the two, the call and the put, and that's what the market's expectation of a move is. Right. So so say you're it's forty dollars plus and minus. Right. So you're you're a bull. Um, what do you do before earnings? Well, maybe you well, want to buy. You can buy it for sixteen you, bucks. You buy dips. Um, you buy dips and you expect it to go somewhere towards, or you buy the stock and you plan on a move of call it eight percent. Okay, but now these guys last time, I'll kick it up here. They went like sixty bucks in the last. Two yeah, weeks. sixty bucks would be good for your long calls. Oh uh, yeah, well unless, <laughs> unless it went down sixty. Unless it went down sixty, then you would be you know wrong. Well, so. well now the last time um, this happened, which would have been. It went to 500. What's that? Day? Well, it actually was 500 during the morning, so it's not really on my chart. There. Should we do it after break? Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is, is the last two weeks, as much as the straddles seemed like they were high, the movement in the stock in both Target and, and Amazon and a couple others were double the straddle. Yeah, that's not Amazon. Walmart. That's a bunch. So I mean, this thing, the last time, like I said, it moved 60 something. So I, I, I <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to sell it. But I'm saying 40s cheap. Compared to what's been happening, I'm just just saying. Yeah. If I if I was a buyer, if somebody's yeah, uh, you know, put a, a noose around my neck and say you got to give me a, a direction. You're talking volatility. I'm talking direction, though. Well, I'm, they're they're sort of the same because you have to pay. If if you want to pay, if you, if you if you look at the calls and the puts are the same price. They're both twenty one bucks. Right as they should be. Yeah. Most people have bucks. the have the opinion. No, I'm a bull or I'm a bear. I want to be buying dips or I want to be selling rips. Yeah. Um, so if you're a bull, you know, wait maybe wait to buy dips, but you essentially you're working within the next month with the five forty calls. Or you gotta buy a spread because that way you buy one spread, real yeah. expensive and selling one real expensive even then. Right. We'll SP futures are down a quarter now and as if you're up sixteen, be right back, stacks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freaks Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck, get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day -day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 
8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right? Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Al. That burn on the board, Greg Pappas, the studio. We should have Mr. John Flanning with some minutes as well. Uh, SP Futures un- unchanged, unched, unched, as they say in the trading floor. Uh, NASDAQ Futures up 15. Dow Futures up 2. Uh, interesting move this morning. Microsoft's up 637 after getting crunched on Friday by almost 10 bucks. All over this AI thing we've been talking about. Uh, crazy stuff. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 197.6%. Hang Seng up 323, 1.8%. These guys, they're not making an almost 2% move every day. It's like, I suppose it's like trading over there, Greg. I mean, they just, just head out the other day, every day, just a different direction. 17,778. Shanghai up 13.5%. As we have review on Friday, Dow was up a buck. SP Futures up five, Nancy Futures up 11. Very, very, very slow on Friday, except for the Microsoft. Uh, Bands. Up four basis points, 4.48, kind of hovering in this middle four number here for a while. The Bund up four basis points, 2.63. Japan unchanged, 0.75. Over in Europe, uh, we got the DAX down 46. We got the FTSE down 15. The CAC round up 13. So not much going on over there either. It's kind of a holiday, I won't say shortened week, but kind of a sort of a shortened week because not a whole lot of people run on Friday. We've got uh, oil, of a bu- oil of a buck 26, 77.15. Still under 80. Brent down up a buck 34, 81.95. Natural gas down seven cents, 288. So back under three dollars. We've got gold backing off here again today, down 11 bucks, 1973. Just doesn't seem to have the muscle to get to 2,000. Silver again, way over 23, and now it's going back down. 0.41, uh, 41 cents, 23.43. Copper up a penny, 3.75. We have Bitcoin up 264, back up over 37,000, 37,173. Hey, if the U.S. dollar is not worth anything, we might as well buy Bitcoin. Doesn't that worth anything either, but what's the difference? Uh, we have the uh, Euro, Euro, the Euro is up, uh, is, is over 109 now. So the dollar continues to go down. Uh, British pound uh, down, is at 120, almost 125. So just a slight move today, but the dollar has been going down, which kind of surprising. I would have thought if the dollar was not down this much, you'd see gold over 2,000, but it's not. 
Uh, Matt, what do you have for us, Trevi? Weather Sports, Dog Bears. Yeah, not so good. Uh, currently uh, 6.37 a.m. on November 20th, 2023. As far as traffic in Chicago, the inbound Kennedy Montrose to Interchange at 19 minutes. Inbound the Edens from Lake Cook to Interchange at 40 minutes. Inbound Eisenhower from Wolf at 27 minutes, and the inbound from Dan Ryan uh, from 95th Street at 18 minutes. As far as weather in Chicago, we're currently at 44 degrees with a high of 48 today. Cloudy and breezy today, some rain in the late afternoon. Tomorrow, similar with higher likelihood of rain. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 54 degrees currently, a high of 75 with sunny skies to boot. Uh, as well as that, sports, we have the NHL, Blackhawks lose to Sabres, 3-2. In the NFL, Bears lose to Lions, 26-31. Uh, Fields, though, completed 169 passing yards, 104 rushing yards, and scored one touchdown. Bears scored a total of three touchdowns to the Lions, 6. In college football this weekend, Georgia beats Tennessee 38-10. Ohio State won against Minnesota 37-3. Michigan took down Maryland 31-24, as well as Notre Dame won by a large margin against Wake Forest 45-7. So I got Chief back to you. The, uh, do we have Mr. Flanagan? We do indeed. I'm sure John was, was glued to the uh, Bear game. Um, <laughs> I read something. I was glued glued to the Mount Carmel Batavia game on Saturday night. Who won that one? Carmel was, I think, 64 to 28 semifinals. 64. 64 to 28, yeah. It was a cliffhanger. Did anybody make a tackle? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there were were lots of tackles. There's lots of everything. Well, they only play, high schools only play 12 minute quarters, right? Yep. How the hell do you score eighty some points in forty eight minute game? Sixty. And it was it was at Mount Carmel. It's just it's so weird to see. It's wonderful, but to, you know to see Carmel playing home games when they have a real home field on mm-hmm. their campus, which was never the case when I went there. Got to remember the stadium Rita had where the one where the one end zone was a wall. Oh, the wall, yeah, or Leo. Remember yeah. Bridge Stadium? Oh God, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. My cousin used to play when I was young. I used to go to those places. Eckersall's still there, right? Yeah, Carmel played games there and at Gately. I mean, they were both kind of home fields for Carmel, depending on what was being used. So, yeah. um, I went to a baseball camp at Eckersall when I was a kid, actually. When I was like 10 really? years old or whatever. Yeah, it was a nice place. Well, the, uh, well the, 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 I read this morning, and I've, of course it slipped my meager mind here, First time in football history did somebody be the beneficiary of four turnovers and, and do 400 yards and lose. <laughs> yeah, that's a record. So what do you think, how many other people in football this year or this decade are going to score for the other team like the rookie tackle did? Where he kicked the ball out of the end zone. You see that, Greg? I know, that's, a, that's a pretty select group, I think, so. <laughs> How many of that kid's gonna? If he plays fifteen years, he's never gonna. He's never gonna let live that one down. No, it's, it's, it's kind of a sad thing. For those who uh, don't, the the Bears, of course, they try, they have like ten seconds to get, to, to get down the field or twenty seconds. So of course, you know their their defensive line, which couldn't come near the quarterback on the other team, right? So that's why they were able to march up and down the team, even though they just paid this guy ninety bazillion dollars. He, he was nowhere near the guy. Our, our new end. Anyway, I don't know. He wasn't even like he wasn't even on the field. I mean, they had to probably double teaming him, but still. So, 
of course, the Bears get the ball on the first play. A guy comes walking in like if he's you know he was invited in, no blocking whatsoever. He nails Fields. He fumbles the ball. So this tackle, the rookie tackle, tries to go fall on the ball. Instead of falling on it, he kicks it out of the end zone for safety. So he scored for the other team. Oh. A new law. It's like it's like putting a basket <laughs> in the other way in basketball or something. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but our, the pick is intact, though, gang. So we're we're good to go for next year. Isn't that uh, anyway? That's, that's what we're working for all along, guys. That's right. It's always every always, single year. It's always it's always next year. It's always the next. And year, even yeah. though we absolutely had our coach and Eberflus, now everybody wants him out. We'll get a new guy. It's all it's all. If we just get a new coach, we're all okay. It's all part of a long plan. Yeah, it's a long plan of a long like plan of losing. Just, at the end of the day, we'll, maybe we'll all be coaches. Who knows? The, yeah, uh, Cubs too. Yeah, we're all playing this game. Oh yeah, the Cubs. Uh, we can't win with a million, million and a half dollar manager. We got to get an eight million dollar manager. Yeah, we got a new one now. Well, they might get Shohei Otani, right? Isn't that the thing? They they might get Solomon, you know, King Solomon too. I mean, uh, <laughs> not, well, great not, players go a long way. Yeah, but not, and not Sweat actually made a difference this weekend. And what do you do? And. Uh, did you see that <laughs> they had to double team for him and or and uh do you see that sack? Or you got one sack. I wouldn't want <laughs> I wouldn't want that coming after me every play. Oh, he's you a good player, but I mean he yeah. when one of the chips were down, he was nowhere. But I mean he makes a difference. You can tell they're they're since he joined the team the, I mean, the guy they're competitive. I'm not saying he's not the Lions are good. I don't know if they played okay, well. Okay, but the Lions... The that last, was way better than I thought the Bears were going to do against the Lions. I, I would agree, but the last, two, the last two drives, they didn't get anywhere near the guy. Yeah, ever. but you're, you're, you spent the entire game actually, you know, scaring him. Okay. And and that's chip, something. I, I expected, you know, 42-6 to six or something. I, I'm just saying, when, when the chips were down, they didn't get in. They didn't come near the guy. That's high expectations for a team that's not that great. Right. I get it. I'm, I'm just saying. So, John, uh, we had all kinds of crazy stuff to talk about. We got the, uh, the looks like there's some kind of a hostage deal going in in uh, the Middle East, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which would be nice. Um, we'll see how that. Uh, I'm I'm driving to the south side, and there's this guy. He's got this big like panel truck, and in the back and on the sides, he's got some kind of a. It wasn't like a TV, but it was. Greg, uh, what would you call something where there's he actually kind of was a TV, but it had all this stuff about how many people were dead in, in, in uh, the Gaza. And, oh. Yeah, and they got Thanks. some pictures of some lady on there who had both of her legs amputated without anesthesia because they didn't have any and there was no water in the place. Yeah, whatever. It was pretty pretty awful. Um, so this guy's driving his truck down the expressway with these billboards on the side that are all active. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Um, but I can't say that again ever. Uh, John, we have this... Just to let everybody know how, how kind of screwed up some stuff can be, I had a uh, dinner with my buddies last week, and he was asking me if we'd been talking about this trial at all. Of, uh, and of course, I asked John to do some research on it. There's a huge trial just started here in Chicago. It has to do with anybody can remember these things. I mean, it's always a ways back. Uh, was it two or three years ago, uh, John? Somebody, one of the was, was he a rapper slash gang guy or something? FGB Duck. Yeah. yeah. And FBG they, Duck, yeah. So the, the, somebody from a rival gang sees him and his girlfriend uh, essentially shopping on Oak Street. So the call goes out to the, to the hood, and they have cameras. In this, what's, where's they all, where do they all live? It's not alcohol gardens. It's uh, 
Yeah, it's the the, the Tukaville, it's like sixty third and Saint Lawrence or something. So they, they they show all these guys piling out of their apartments into these cars, all armed, head downtown. The guy's still on Oak Street. They pull in. This is like twelve thirty in a what? Is it a Friday afternoon? So, I mean, it, middle of the day on a, on a you know busy block, and they totally open up on this guy without any regard to any pedestrians or anything like that. So they end up shooting the guy what fifteen times, like seven or eight after he was already on the ground dead. And uh, anyway, it's a, it's a huge mess. So they get these guys. They've got every they've got everything on film, right, John? I mean, uh, I don't yeah. know. So it's been what three years, and they're just starting the trial. There's six people. Now there's been... How many people that have been bumped off between then and now? Potential witnesses and other gang members and everything. And just, it's, it, there's been how many deaths between then and today? It's like three or four. Yeah, it's, it, 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 and not to, not to mention, too, how many other reprisal of killings back and forth, you know, that maybe didn't necessarily involve witnesses or anything else, but it's part of the same, you know, disrespecting dynamic between these factions. So, Well, so... The, the trial starts, and evidently, then how long did they spend arguing over whether the the juror's name would be public during the trial? Why would they ever be public? Who, what, who'd want to, first of all, who'd want to be on that jury? It's, they're expected to take six months. What's What What does yeah. it take to see six months? The guy happened to kind of run downtown and shoot somebody and tape the whole way. What am I missing here? Uh, well, yeah, there was a motion for a mistrial the other day um, because one of the the FBI agents who was testifying had said that they didn't, you know, use the phone data of one individual because they were afraid of the danger it would put that person in if, you know, anybody found out that it was that person's phone that had been used in the, in the you know, evidence pile. And, and the, the defense attorneys asked for a mistrial. Well, how <laughs> the motion was... But, these the guys all granted, thank God. Jen, they all have private attorneys. Who's paying for these people? Yeah, for good six months. Gang, gang's got money, Tom. Well, they got records. They got drugs. They got you know, uh, extortion rackets. I mean, there's there's no and God knows what else too. I mean, look, Jeff Fort was you know negotiating with the Libyans. You know, finally got him put in prison. So who knows where this revenue stream begins or ends? Yeah, but who's the judge? We don't have a Mike Tuman. He's dead. No, well, you know, this is, I wouldn't want this judge's job. I'll tell you that. Um, but it's, I, I, in poking around, you know, I sent you one of the Sun Times pieces by Tom Shuba about it, and he's been covering it since uh, I think these arrests were first made. There's six defendants in this federal case, but um, I, just in poking around, looking at the backgrounds into some of these gang factions, Tom, I just lost track. I mean, there are so many homemade gang maps of Chicago, let alone the Wikipedia entries about them. Um, and it's very disheartening because you, it, it, the, even the ones that are uh, up and running on Google Maps or whatever, th- these are all under construction. These are not things that ever stay carved in stone for probably 10 minutes. But one count is 90 gangs with you know almost 800 factions you know, distributed among those and, and splinter groups. Um, you look at a map of Chicago, and it's all, you know, some of it's overlaid color coding for these various gangs and stuff, and you begin to see, you know, that however the aldermanic lines are drawn, or, or however many seats there are in the city council, it has nothing to do with how the city is really being governed. 
Um, there's all sorts of, of energy here that never really gets talked about, and people would be absolutely horrified if they saw the extent to which the, the city has been divided up into these factions. It was always the case, Tom. I mean, if you went back to the 20s and 30s, you could find similar maps, I think, where there would be territories of, you know, beer runners and you know, what prostitution rackets. The, the, the map might be just as ugly, um, but I can't believe it would be this complex as it is now. Um, it just makes the city look like it's, it's up against so many reasons for people to be shooting each other and lying about it or covering up for it and other people who are silenced by the fear of, of coming forward with any evidence that the city is just dissolving into some kind of ungovernable mess. It's like it's, it's very much like Gaza, except worse because we're living right in the middle of it. Why don't uh, the... I don't know, I, I read a long time ago that the, the, the one issue with uh, the lawless people of the world is that they always have to remember that uh, when they want to, the rest of society can bring to bear an amazing amount of resources to take out the lawless people if they want to. Yeah. Do we just not want to? Uh, we don't have the resources, we don't care, we don't have the balls for it. When, what, what, what is it? Why, why all of a sudden, I mean, even, even in those days, the, I, mean, I, you know, I don't read chapter and verse on all this stuff, but the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, polite society said, okay, it was the romance, it was, it was interesting to watch these guys shooting each other because they didn't really shoot other people. I mean, I'm sure some innocent person got nailed somewhere along the way, but nothing indiscriminate like now. And why? Why is it? I don't. I don't get the part now. Is if anybody doesn't think that this isn't affecting the economy of Chicago, I mean, you're you're smoking the wrong kind of cigarettes or the right well, kind or something. But I mean, the the idea that uh, this is not affecting neighborhoods and this is not affecting churches, schools, you name it. I mean, it, it's certainly affecting downtown. It's affecting legitimate businesses. It's, it's affecting people wanting to be here, not wanting to be here. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible what has absolutely happened, uh, and, and 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 is what is ongoing. And but yet there doesn't seem to be the ability, the the will to to say no. Tonight there's not going to be any shootings at, at these clubs downtown where somebody else is liable to get nailed. We're just not going to have it. And all of a sudden we're going to have, you know, fifty tax squad cars somewhere. And if anybody even attempts to cause trouble, you know, we're going to whack him upside the head with a billy club and throw him in jail for a while. But we're not, we're not going to do that. Somehow or another, we're just not. And But the alternative, nobody seems to... The alternative, people just seem unprepared for. You know, but, but if the city could go after the mob, they sure as hell can go after these guys. Now, the mob never disappeared, but they but they were certainly... Uh, they weren't shooting people in broad daylight in, in, in garages, you know, line them all up. They... They 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 had some kind of an idea that there was a limit to this, and I all of a sudden I mean I when I was a kid I remember uh, remember the guy who got killed well Sam G kind of got killed in his basement and yeah who was the guy who got killed at the, the uh, furniture store in Cicero what the hell is his name uh, you know what I'm talking about but it was oh but it oh. was but it was an it was horrible but it was an assassination of one person by like a prof- I'm, I'm I'm not justifying this at all. But it wasn't 500 bullets sprayed in a furniture parking lot to hit the guy and the rest hit 50 other people. That, that's not what happened. I mean, it was bad, but it's this. Uh, what, what is it? Why is it somehow, is there money involved with the alderman and the mayor? Is it 
is the police involved? Has the police been denutted? Where if the police shoot one guy, that all of a sudden it's a police problem, and even though those guys shoot 100 guys, it's not a problem. I, I don't. I absolutely don't understand the mentality here at all. Do you, I mean, do either of you guys? Well, you know, the police have been prohibited now from maintaining a database of gang members' affiliations. Um, uh, you know, with the thinking that if these people end up on the list, they, they never get off of it and they'll never get hired or you'll get any kind of respect. Hired, they don't want, who's who's, who's going to hire them? They don't want a job. <laughs> Precisely, though. But you know, if, if you can't even maintain a database of, of gang members, how do you ever get any kind of gang intelligence? So how do you ever find people? I mean, I don't think much to- of it's a secret. The the whole F, FBG Duck versus King Vaughn thing has been... Well, I don't know. That was like five or six years in the making before they both died. And there was a supposedly a hit out for $60,000 or something. That's... Okay, so but what I'm saying is it is affecting other people more than it ever did. I mean, I don't know that anybody, even back in the Blackstone Rangers, Eastside Dis- Disciples time, I never had a problem. Nobody, nobody ever got shot going to the University of Chicago for school. I mean, there was never a, a, a shoot-up with two cars on the midway where four guys trying to, or four ladies trying to park to go to grad school got nailed in the crossfire. That never happened, did it, Jim? No, and I bet anybody who was near, you know, the Dolce & Gabbana store back in August 2020 um, when FBG Duck was killed, I bet there's a fair, fair number of people who swore they would never go any place near Oak Street to shop again. Well, did anybody else get hit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, it is the thing that you're right. I mean, that this there were always you know reprisals and hits and, and all that, but they were they never involved the kind of um, reckless you know carelessness about who else was caught in crossfire or any collateral damage. And they were smart enough in those days where they knew if they if they could kind of keep it away from you know where they clearly were running up against public opinion, they could continue to do what they were doing with impunity and pretty much do it under the radar. That's why Capone ended up in Cicero in Chicago Heights. It was because he was tired of trying to do what he wanted to do in Chicago. There was other fish to fry and he could co-opt those police forces and city governments much more easily. So they kind of stayed away from you know downtown Chicago except in occasional you know, you know isolated cases. Well, but but this, this crowd doesn't care. You know, they, they don't care. I don't care who, who's in the, if there's crossfire or not, it, it makes absolutely no difference. Well, so. C- well Cicero had a, Chicago had a, uh, a very fertile field when it came to booze and uh, prostitution, a huge center, I guess, but mainly booze because the city had massive amounts. Right, I was wrong. It was a $100,000 bounty on F- FBG Duck. Yeah, 60000 That's chump change these days. Well, Inflation. Yeah, well, yeah. The, God. There's 100000 Placed on the head of rapper FBG Duck, but there was uh, when, when you're talking about massive amounts. How can I say this? Not accusing anybody of anything, but when you have massive amounts of of blue collar workers working three shifts, like all these places had, it's a fertile field for for bars and stuff and gambling. Wouldn't you say, Jen? I mean, it, it just oh, yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, now, I mean, uh, it's it's different. I mean, if you're Cicero just happened to be home of a Hawthorne plant. Well, they, I know my uncle worked there. I know they were 24. I don't know that they were 24-7 or 6. I think they might have been 24-6. I 
that they were there. Electromotive was there. All the people that serviced them were there. I mean, the, the place was alive in the middle of the night. And I remember when I worked at the truck docks at the, I was on a 12 to 8, 30 in the morning shift. There were three or four docks all around there. And all of a sudden, the, the breakfast joints and the saloon joints at 8.30 in the morning when people got off were all full. Some other places got out at 7. They were all full. I mean, it, you know, people, that was their different time. There was a different livelihood. There was nothing wrong with it. It just, I mean, you had to serve booze at, at 7 in the morning. That's when guys got off work, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it's like the steel mills on the east side. Yeah, too. it's the same thing. I mean, it was all 24. I mean, there's a reason why Cicero and what Calumet City were the way they are or were. You think they had illicit gambling and mm. and some of these guys, <clears throat> it was a it was a totally different. I mean, you know, I I was always going to go to college and do that stuff so I could meet guys like John, right? Uh, so I mean, I was working on the docks, and, and if I you know if I didn't get my my paycheck that week, which I always did, but I never really cared what day I got it because I was it was going to the bank, and I was you know I was using fifty bucks a week to go get beer after basketball or something, but I. And, and buy gas for my junk. Uh, so, but these other guys, they get paid on a Friday, and on Sunday night, they're like borrowing twenty bucks from each other. And I'm going, these are not the kind of dudes. We're done. The paycheck was, you know, three hundred bucks back in 1974. I mean, it was long. It, they're not the kind of guys to have gone downtown where drinks might have been five hours. These are local saloon guys. How they manage to blow three hundred hours in a weekend? I have no idea. But somehow, somehow they did, Jay. I mean, I don't, were they seeing hookers? Were they gambling? Were they going to the racetrack? I have no idea. But I'm like, how, how could you be broke in two days? And a, and a nice fat check like that. Unless they ought to pay the rent and everything else. I, mean, I don't know. But it's just a different world. But I, I don't see how there's no will to say, we got to stop this. How, how can there not be? These, these, there's people moving to this town. Everybody talks about the, uh, you know, the, the immigrants. They want to move here. They want to be in a city where, not like they left in Valenzuela. You know, we're never down there. They don't want some some crime ridden, you know, piece of crap to live in like they just left, and that's what they're ending up with here. They, they got to be wondering why. How do we make it to? The, what are we doing here? Why aren't Why aren't we in some city that's better? Just saying. Well, if 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 anybody really, you know, had the, the nerve to you know get up and say. Here's what we've let happen, and this is really how bad it is. And, and those of you who think it's bad have no idea how bad it is, because here's what you're not being told. Uh, there's there's really a conspiracy of silence about, you know, the, the way that you know, gang culture has transformed the operation of the city. I, I, the average Chicagoan, and I, I put myself in this bracket too, has no clue about what's really going on. You know, and the shootings have happened around the corner from. Me. Well, yeah, but you have a clue yeah. when you start seeing carjackers in the middle of the day in neighborhoods you never used to. I mean, yeah, but you know, the, the dynamics, the energy, and the organization structure behind how this stuff can happen so frequently and so, you know, with with unbelievable, you know, refrontery, um, knowing that no, nothing's going to happen to them. Well, the collective of, the collective incompetency, and I'm not talking about individuals, of, of, the, of the law enforcement system between can't bring people to trial so people don't even get arrested to strict gun laws where there's always a 21-year-old walking along with a 17-year-old so he's got the gun in his, in his hand and you, and you let him go that night. This whole thing makes zero common sense. I mean, to somebody, it makes sense, but that, not to me. SB Futures down two and a quarter, and as if you're just up one, we come back, we're going to talk more about stocks. 
Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. All right, now you're, you're pissing me off. Is that, is that, is that, it's not the big valley. What is that? Magnificent Seven. What? Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven. There we go. Yeah. Oh, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Greg Pappas in studio. Matt Byrne on the board. John Finnegan in Zoom. SP Futures now down three. Nasdaq Futures down two. Uh, we're expecting, although you can't expect anything these days, we're expecting a somewhat uh, muted week before the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, however, with the NVIDIA earnings, uh, it that part won't be muted. Uh, I said the straddle's 40 bucks, uh, but last time it went, I think, 60 some. In the last week, a couple of stocks went double their straddle. So, anyway, the uh, the stock we were talking about, uh, John, earlier was uh, the the, the uh, bar chart. Was their, their chart of the day was this uh, Williams Sonoma, and uh, I don't know these guys because they had a was it up five percent or so. Yeah, yeah, and it was. Uh, Kind of languishing for a while, and then all of a sudden, you know, jump pretty high. And uh, I don't know if they think it's a buy or a sell, but it is an interesting chart. They uh, 
I don't even know these guys are still still around, but they are, huh? The uh, the um, so they got the uh, they have the highest buy signal off their chart. Yeah, in a month it went from one fifty five or to one seventy five or something. Yeah, most of it coming within the last week. Someone likes something. Like, well, you're, you know, you're more of a of a, tr- a chart guy to me. Now, if something goes all of a sudden from fifty five to seventy. As a trader, you might be thinking, if I bought it at fifty-five, I'm out at seventy. I mean, we're you know we're I have a different mentality than a lot of people. This is my twenty years on the floor. I'm not saying it's the right mentality yeah, five, at all. Five-day change. It says uh, plus thirty, which is twenty and a half percent. All right. So now, is that to you? So up twenty percent in a week. All right. Oh, so how do you how do you Idiot. go from either uh, it's either an amazing breakout or it's what a, what an opportunity to sell! It'll never be here again. I can't wait to sell it. How do, how do you decide which to do? I guess is the question. For me, I look at um, you know the volatility and say, what can I get that's cheap? So sometimes it's puts, sometimes it's calls, sometimes it's the volatility itself. And if, if you can pick up a little bit of something that's cheap and see if it it reverts or um, if if it you know, appreciates, then then you get out as soon as it comes back to somewhat normal. All right, so when you say cheaper expensive... So right now the puts are definitely going to be a little bit cheaper, so I would be looking maybe to buy something, depending on the volatility, you know, um, something that's cheaper on the downside and hope that I, say if I, you know, you buy a couple of puts for, say, $3 or something... And then hope to collect, uh, or hope hope for it to go to four and a half or four dollars, and then get out. But right now, since the market went bananas, um, and to the upside, if there's any kind of pullback, then I'm thinking those puts are going to be cheap, and you pick up a couple of them, and as it's pulling back, you get out. Um. Okay. So the. But you buy what's cheap. You know. All right, so when you, when you talk about volatility, if Jan you're Hang- buying calls on the way up, it's going to get more expensive. Well, Jan, hang with us for a second. When you talk about yep. um, volatility, there's, there's what my memory, there's there's four different volatilities, correct? I'm talking implied. Okay, so Im- implied is if you back into the, you, you know the strike price, you know the stock price, you know the date, uh, the expiration date, and you should know whether it pays a dividend or not. So the one you don't know is the volatility. So if you see where the price is and you have the formula, you can back into the the implied volatility and say, <coughs> okay, IBM, Williams, Sonoma, Flanagan, Flanagan Brewery is trading at a, a 12 or a 16 volatility. It means the entire implied volatility, knowing all the other variables, if you back that out, you're trading at a 16, a 20, a 30, 50 today. Okay, then there's the historical volatility, which is where the stack has moved close to close over the last government Right, years if you take around. a look at, call it bar chart, and you go in, it'll show you the historic volatility, it'll show you kind of where the implied volatility is. Uh, for example, the December options in Williams-Sonoma, um, they say historic volatility is 37. Uh, right now, the implied volatility is somewhere around 29. So, um, me being cheap, I'm saying, all right. Well, maybe, maybe the, maybe if I can get something around 29, that would be okay. I'd be looking for it to go to. Um, additionally, I'd be looking for 
that you know volatility to go back up to 37 or so and then I would be happy to sell if it if it did get there because then because what happens is not only if you uh, if you if you buy some calls all right let's say the stock's trading 150 personally and you buy the 160s at a, at a 50 vol because something's crazy like even an earnings play and I would not do that for the stocks right. and jocks portfolio here but but I mean if you say you think it's it's going up some more I would definitely think about the calls up above because right. the, but my the point vol- is that yeah. you could you could be right and the next data stack could be 145 but if the implied volatility drops you didn't even make any money on your calls that's that's if you're that's a problem yeah yeah so it, the vol- so anyway as I was halfway through the story there's the historical volatility. There's the future volatility that nobody knows, right? But then there's a the predicted future volatility. So there's actually like four. And, uh, and you also have to remember that when you talk about historical, it's all close to close, right? Uh, right, Greg? So if there's a day where a stack opens up, it's at 100 the night before and opens up at 200 the next day, trades 50, it closes at 100, the volatility is zero, right? Yeah, you, you, get a, you get a good idea, yeah. though, of... Yeah, you can get the other stuff, but I mean, it's my 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 point is is that the a lot of times when you see these kinds of moves, the question is, I I could never figure out a lot of a lot of people think of a stock will even say on TV they'll say, uh, stocks trading hundred I don't like it here but if it goes to one ten I'm a buyer, because that means it's some kind of a breakout right on their charts. Now, I would say I want to be the guy who buys it here at a hundred, and by the way, when you want to buy it at one ten I'll be happy to sell it to you. But that's yeah. a but that's a trader mentality, which so, isn't always right. So, the idea, the idea behind, I don't know. It, intuitively, I think most people get it. If the stock goes crazy to the upside or goes bananas to the upside, the downside is going to be cheaper. If the stock goes crazy to the downside, then probably the upside is going to be cheaper. Now, if you want to get in on the volatility play, then you then you start doing uh, up and down, which means. Well, they should be. They should strangles. be the same. They should be. Yeah. Not often. There's a spread, which is what a lot of professionals will do at the same time, which is buy and sell. But you know, intuitively, the if if you're going up, the downside's going to be nominally cheaper. If you're going down, uh, nominally, you know, it's going to be just a little bit less to to buy the upside. So. That's because your volatility skew. Right. Right. So, how much, how much in measuring volatility, um, is there any kind of reference to whether something in a particular stock is symptomatic of, a, say, a retail trend like Williams and Sonoma as part of some other movement? And you know, this, you can use evidence from elsewhere to determine volatility of a single stock. Oh, as to why it goes up or down, uh, Jan, you're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, if uh, if all of a sudden your your Home Depot, you know has a three times straddle move on their earnings and lows is the next week, you can pretty much guarantee that the low straddle is going to sneak up a little because people are saying, you know, what the bleep here. Uh, but that doesn't doesn't mean that lows is going to move like Home Depot did. Yeah, we're talking right. yeah. correlation, sector correlation. Yeah, there's, so, I mean, a lot so of... Matter of fact, one of the guys on the, on the floor, uh, I think it was Blair Hall, the guy who went from, uh, ran for governor... He was the first person to put senator. a senator. That's right, yeah. senator. He was the first person to put a uh, a system together to where mo- most people. I mean, if well, I'm trying to be brief with this, 
if you're trading in IBM or OEX or wherever the hell you're trading, let's say IBM's simpler. If somebody comes in and buys 100, make it simple, 10 50 delta calls from you, and that means it's pretty much a call at the strike or a put at the strike, and you sell them the call, first thing in your mind is how good of a sale was that? And if it's, if it's real good, you might wait to see if somebody comes in to sell something else. If not, you're immediately going to buy 500 shares of IBM. Okay, because now you're delta neutral. You're, you've, uh, you're not, you're, if, the, if the stock goes up or down, you can't be hurt for at least a little bit. So you, that's how you get your... And, but when people start getting more and more volume, a lot of times now obviously computers make that trade because there could be 50 trades in, you know, in a minute and a half. And it's hard for individual people to put their stock orders in and stuff. So that's why there's no trading floor other than the fact that people stole the business. But looking out looking out for the yeah. the average listener real quick, they're talking about volatility arbitrage, meaning um, buying cheap volatility and selling high, higher volatility, which is different right. than price. Right. So the volatility does have a price. So that's, they're, they're talking about um, hedging their option position with stock, right. which is not necessarily, I think, what John was asking in the beginning. Well, but I'm, I'm getting to that. Yeah. What I'm saying is what Blair Hulk came in is he, he, and for every stock, there was like a group of stocks. So if everybody started buying IBM, he would hedge the IBM, but he'd also, would, he'd be doing some digital and some Hewlett Packard stuff at the same time, thinking that if, if all of a sudden IBM was real hot, it wasn't. That's the one thing you have to determine that Greg's been trying to say, is there's stuff that is, there's, I mean, the, the, the different risks you have are, okay, are individual stock risk, meaning, okay, what's specifically happening to IBM, the stock's running up, is it just IBM? Is it the sector, meaning is it digital equipment, the long-departed digital equipment, is it Hewlett-Packard, is it all other stocks in that industry, or... Is it, is it a rate cut by the Fed and the entire market's moving up? So it's either going to be stock-specific, industry-specific, or, or market-specific, right, Greg? And that's why the, when you do a trade in any stock, the stock is a problem or stock is a risk, the industry's a risk, and the whole market's a risk. So the volatility can react to any one of those things, correct? Yeah. Like in, the, in this case, the Williams-Sonoma went up 20% in a week. Um it's the the at the monies are in the December are like let's call it twenty twenty eight vol or so or so and if you look um yeah if you look at the the puts they're just a little bit cheaper so so if if you're counter trend or if you're looking to pick up cheap stuff you want to be trading the puts we actually have uh, to answer your question maybe better Jen. We have a perfect example. We were talking about the first 20 minutes of this AI. Well, the guy getting booted on a Friday that nobody knew about is a clear stock-specific risk, right, Greg? Yeah. Now, the fact that it affected Microsoft and maybe a couple other places is an industry risk. Not the same, but still, it's an industry risk. Now, who's picking these people up? Who's going to go up, down? Who's going to benefit? Who's not? But I don't think it's a, it's an, it's a market risk to you. Maybe to the AI that set AI back a little bit, yeah. Because now they got to figure out who's going where. 
But in terms of who's going to make money in AI, you know, there's. I don't there's think still it's, it's not going to affect 3M. It's not going to affect. AI, right, or, it's not, it's not going to affect. Well, Musk was somewhat involved, but it's not going to affect the market at all. Now, if, if all of a sudden the Fed comes out today and says, you, you schmucks think we're going to cut rates, we're actually going to emergency uh, raise them a half, well, nobody's going to dodge that bullet, right? No matter who you are. So it's. Yeah. It, it, there are levels to this, and people who trade stocks or trade. I mean, I. Boy, I've been I've been very much uh, involved in this the last few years. When we first started the Protected Index program, it was a shameless plug. It was back when the only the only the only uh, ETF there was that was any good. The only one there was really was the Spider. So we anybody who was in the program it was easy to determine how well we were doing because if we were up on the year and the market was down, we did a good job. Well then. All of a sudden, they, they started. They threw the QQQs at us. So my brother Dan, we we had two specific portfolios, and we kept track of both of them. And people, we decided when somebody came in as a client, which one they would rather be in, the, the Qs or the, or the spiders or some benefit of the two. Well, now there's all kinds of them, and there's like there's all there's actually the little spiders like the XLE, the XLF, the XLE is the energy part. Now those add up to the big spiders, which makes it a lot better in the sense that you have way more choices but this year you can pick where you want to be concentrated yeah but not but now but now when you do that to say well the market's up x why aren't i up x or why am i up more than x well that that's a horse bleep conversation because somebody would say well greg last year i had you in the queues you didn't want to be in the queues because they were down you were all fired up on oil you heard kramer talk about the banking system you like the idea that, that you know the medical community is going to go higher, so we bleep canned all your QQQ, and now we have you in the XLE, the XLV, and the XLF. And by the way, all three are down on the year. Yeah, but the market's up. Well, okay, but the stuff your your indices are down. So, or you you, you could have come in and said, I was in all these other ones. Everybody else says I should sell the Qs. I want to buy the Qs, and, and we we could. These are all quote indices, but they're all over. The, they're trading like individual stocks, aren't they, Greg? Yeah, yeah. The different sectors have their own uh, their own inputs and variables that they deal with. And eventually, if you get to the big indexes, they're just an, they're just market cap. Yeah. So if if the market decides that uh, AI is going to get even bigger or whatever, and they decide to go after um, Microsoft and OpenAI and or whatever the AI companies and I guess Nvidia is a huge beneficiary. You know, if they decide they're going to get even bigger, then those are just going to get even bigger portions of the queues and the weighting of their. I mean, it's it's going to be um, like a wave. You know, it it just keeps getting bigger as it gets closer to the shore. Well, and, and you have and have the retail, and this is you know this is not a shot at retail people. This is just uh, people that aren't. Uh, you know, they don't they stand on the floor for 20 years like I did. The, what people want to do, they always want to, to a certain extent, you can say, I'm, I want to go with the winner, the ones that do, that's doing the best. Okay, that sounds good, but it also means you're trading yesterday's market, not tomorrow's. So there's going to be all kinds of people next year that want to be in the queues and don't want any part of the XLE, the XLF, the XLV, any other rest of the market. God, God help you, nobody wants the Russell, right? Because the Russell's been down all year. So, but now, you almost want to 
you know, buy those other areas, sell the Qs next year, don't you, Greg? I mean, I'm not saying we're going to, but in it, because it's really hard to have two years in a row where the same stuff outperforms as they did the year before. Well, the there, you need to decide, kind of in your own head, which companies are going to do the best in the same way you would decide an individual stock. So if you want the concentrated, you know, S and P 100 versus or you know, if that you think that's going to do the outperformance, then you want to pick that up. If you want the general 500 companies, then that's one thing. If you want a couple thousand, that's another. Like, um, eventually, yeah, the index it's is... It's real hard to, 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 to uh, cut back thesis? on your winners and, and load up on your losers, even if you think the, the gap is going to close. It's hard to do that. I think... Most people, when they talk about the market, are just thinking S and P five hundred. Yeah, so well, that's, that's five, not the way people. That's not the way you think anymore. So, um, for example, I think that there's a huge diversion between the five hundred and the thirty. The Dow stocks also the the thirty underperformed the uh, S and P right. more recently. So, uh, can you imagine a guy like John Flanagan coming in and say, "John, we get." Had ten stocks for you last year, which I don't. I do the Fortunately, index, yeah. Fortunately, and we'll say you got these two big winners. You got six or seven that kind of scratched, and you got a few losers. Our recommendation is to lighten up on the winners and buy more of the losers. John's going to say, "What are you out of your mind?" And yet, that's sort of what you want to do, right? Um, if maybe you, not the losers, but if, something else. Yeah, if if you've got gains, you know you can never lose. By taking some of the gains, I mean you might lose opportunity costs, but ideally you're you're distributing some of that concentration risk, or you're redistributing some of that concentration risk. Obviously, it's a great idea to be in 500 index, or uh, so there's that single stock uh, risk starts to diminish. Um, Except for the fact that now eight stacks are 40 percent. Right, right. Of the index that's right. That's what I'm getting at. So, Jan, how would you? It's the how would you as an outsider concentration risk. How would you as an outsider even, if you were to say, boy, this Q's is really moving, um, I'm, I really like to be in there, and I say, okay, gentlemen, before you do that, I'm happy to do that for you. I'll protect it if you want me to. I'll do all that stuff. But, um, you know, we'll do cover. Whatever you want to do, we'll do. So it's how concentrated. You're asking but, the people, how concentrated do you want to be? Well, but I'm at 530. Right, but yeah. what I'm asking, uh, Jan, is if you like the idea of the performance in the Q's, you like the high-tech areas, are you really comfortable with the Q being 50% seven stocks? Maybe you are. Maybe I'm just asking. Are you, are you aren't you? Say, if he answered yes, then well, you would say. Let's let him answer. Okay. I'd be looking for somebody who could tell me where volatility can be managed. You know, roughly, give me some, some you know, brackets here that I can... Can you know pin my you know future earnings to, um, and that, that's another question I have is how how much of, of volatility is really manageable? I mean by that I mean manageable in the, in the sense of being manipulated. You know somebody's tanking a stock, or you know sending out you know fake news or whatever else, or some some program that can manage um, volatility and even out the risks you know, across the portfolio. Um, okay, well now, right now you're 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 walking down a road and, and uh, you're into hedge fund territory. Well, there. no, but you, yeah, what you're doing yeah. is you're, you're unfortunately you're you're confusing what the people on TV talk about as volatility, right? Versus right. what it really what it really is. 
they, they talk about the market up and down, and if it goes down, it's almost synonymous with volatility means the risk of going down, okay, which really isn't. It's a risk of movement in either direction. Risk of movement, yeah. But what really for you, the, the, volati- the volatility is the price of insurance. That's for, for what you are. I mean, when you look at, if you cut away the wheat from the chaff and you say, okay, John, John Flanagan loves Microsoft. It's trading 373. Now, whether he does or he doesn't, who knows. And if I were to say, okay, John, uh, if we buy this, we're going to protect it. Or do you want to protect it? And the answer, you might be here. Let me kick it up while I'm staring at it. Uh, MSFT, there we go. Uh, well, every every Q, Q order or every Q share you buy, so that's what, 10%? Right, Mike, so you're getting 10% Microsoft. Right, you're, get, you're getting too complicated, sir. I'm saying that right now in Microsoft, the if, if you want protection, which is which is really, it's it's the price of insurance. If you want to go out to the January volatility, January stocks trading 372. If you want to buy the the 365 puts, in other words, you're going to buy the insurance, for lack of a better term, that you can sell the stock at 365, just just like. Car insurance. I mean, if, I mean, I'm talking about the liability side, but your, what your, uh, your collision is, if somebody runs into you and your car is worth twenty grand, you get to put the car to Allstate for twenty grand. They will buy your car for the blue book value. That's that's what insurance is. It's the same thing as as on Microsoft. And you're going to say, all right, worst worst can happen is come January nineteenth. Um, I get to sell this stock to somebody at 365, which isn't the best deal since I just bought it at 373. Now, how much is that going to cost me? Well, right now, it's going to be nine bucks. All right, so I don't have the volatility. Don't calculate before the open. I'm going to say that's probably what a 21 or something, Greg. Not, not. It's not high. It's not, but, but that to you, that's that is that's how the volatility becomes dry. How much? What is the market price of that insurance? Okay, and it's going to be the same for the 60s or the 55s. It should be the same volatility number, just a different different strike. Um, so if I were to say, John, the market views uh, the chances of you know Microsoft moving around, that's, that essentially is going to be an $8 move plus 9 So for, for Microsoft to move $17, um, that's your break-even, it's going to cost you 9 Okay, now if the stock goes to... F- you know, 250. You're selling at 365. By the way, it was you needed the insurance that day, just like if you wrap your car around a tree. So, mm-hmm. so that number backs into the vol. That comes first, right, Greg? Is the the market price, and then somebody with a formula is going to say, because Microsoft, that's January 19th. That's X amount of days of expiration. The dividends here. The stock price is here. Blah blah blah. That corresponds to a 21 volatility, or 20, or at 19, or whatever. Machine's going to tell me as soon as it goes on here. Uh, so, for you, it's really the price of insurance. It's the same as if you go out and buy a, a Corvette. I could see you getting one. I don't know if you, you or I can even fit in one, but I could see you getting a Corvette. And the guy goes, <laughs> "Well, that's that's ninety grand." And you go, "Okay, well, I can handle a ninety grand." And then somebody says, "Well, the insurance is eight grand a year." And you're like, "Why is it so high?" Well, the cost of repair if somebody does bump you, or Everybody wants to steal them. You got to chain it to the curb, and you go. All right, I can handle the price. In other words, the price of the insurance is indicative to you, or should be, of how much other people think there is risk in the stack. In other words, if this, if these puts instead of being nine bucks were 
29 bucks, you'd sit there and go, hey, hey what the hell do people think is going to happen to this stock between now and Jan? That seems pretty high. You might even get into the business of selling insurance. Well, yeah. <laughs> this, instead of buying the car for 90 maybe or, you sell, sell the insurance for one and risk But there also might be a reason why it's 29 It might be a, right. a medical company that has you know, one cancer drug. And, oh, by the way, on, on January 17th, the, uh, the FDA is going to give you a yes or no answer. And if the term's yes, it's going to be worth 800 bucks. If the term's no, it's going to be worth 2 bucks. You know what I'm saying? It could, be, it could be any one of those things, right, right Greg? Yeah. But it's indicative to you. In other words, the price of the insurance is is a piece of information for you. Right. If it if it's if it's real cheap, you say okay. Most people think it's it's. Well, they've been down this year, so I want to use the term. They they think it's a utility. Okay. Where every year it's going to go up, you know, half a buck. And by the way, you're going to get your dividend. It's never going to move anywhere. That's why the the price of the put is forty cents instead of two bucks or something. But. It's it's a piece of information, right, Greg? And that's that's the way you should you should look at it. With um, the Williams and Sonoma, yeah, um, example, the price of the puts now have gone down because the stock went went way up. So nominally, um, those those puts are worth less. Now I'm being a cheap ass. I'm I'm saying, well, maybe some of those are underpriced. I want to pick some up, you know, and and the term winning for me would maybe just be a little bit of a downtick. It's not actually going there, but I know that those those have been beaten down. So Williams-Sonoma, okay, it's up 20% in a week. I'm going to look for a put that I think is, is uh, call it cheap volatility. Well, with the price, price of the put's going to be down, but if, if the stock never moved more than 2% in a week in his life, and all of a sudden it moved 6 or 7 Probably your implied volatility is going to sneak up a little because people are going, wait a minute, I never thought this thing could move this much, and now it can. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So, um, you know, you look to take advantage of, call it the pullback or whatever, even though you don't have any stock. I mean, I don't have any Williams-Sonoma, or the portfolio doesn't either. But if you if you think that things might uh, pull back a little bit, then... Maybe it, that maybe your put goes from um, two dollars to three dollars, and that's a. It'll be interesting to see where the return. Where, where the put I mean, trade today in AI. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, SP futures down three, Nasdaq futures down five. We're leaking a little bit, but not much. John, you hanging around for Nancy? Uh, sure. We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading options ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox 
jocks at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howe. At Burn on the board, we have uh, Jen Flanagan with us. We should have Nancy Graham with us as well. Thank you. Um, We'll get you to set in a second answer. Let everyone know what's going on in the world. SP futures down three and a quarter. We were up, we came in. As if futures down four, it should be a, should be a muted week. Uh, be interesting to see how the Nvidia stuff impacts that. Dow's down 22. I don't see any stocks moving crazily here except Microsoft. Well, it was up six. Now it's only up a buck and a half. As we, we've been talking about this AI, somewhat of a fiasco. It was down nine and something on on Friday when they when they booted this guy, and then. It, Seemingly now he got hired by Microsoft. We were up 650, now we're up a buck 40. So that'll be interesting to watch today as well. Over in Asia, big movements here and Hang Seng yet again. Nikkei down 197.6%. Hang Seng up 323. 1.8 as it flies back and forth between 18,000 and 17,000. Shanghai up 13.4%. So they're pretty far away from uh, ducking under 3,000 like they did the one day. They're up to back, back to 3,068. Uh, well, Wave review on Friday. Uh, U.S. was up a buck on the Dow, up five on the S&P, up 11 on Nasdaq. So it was a very inside muted day. Uh, Europe stocks, DAX down 45.3 percent, FTSE down 20.3 percent, CAC around up 10.2 percent. I think those guys were. Uh, I think they're down uh, lower than they were earlier. We did that. Uh, bonds, 10-year uh, up three basis points, 4.48. The bond up three uh, three basis points, 2.62. Japan on trans at 0.75. Uh, we've got oil uh, up a little bit, but still 77.41, up a buck 52. It's up 2%, but we've been under 80 now for a while. Ran up 172.82.33. Natural gas down 6 cents, 289. Uh, below $3 now going into the heating season, so somebody must be up with some predictions of a mild winter here. Arbob up 4 cents, 222. We got gold backing off yet again. 
1974 after a big run up last week. Now it's heading back south here. Down 1060, silver down 39 cents, 2346. Copper up 2 cents, 375. Bitcoin up 302, was up more than that earlier. 37,211, and the U.S. dollar continues to uh, decline, but not very much. But the euro's up to 109 over 109, 1093. The British pound is up to almost 125 at 124.7. So uh, those are up, I'm going to say, 2 or 3% over the last two, three weeks. Uh, Matt, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, bears. Hey, hey. Yeah, good morning. Currently 7.36 a.m., November 20th, 2023. As far as traffic, inbound on the Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange is at 25 minutes. Inbound on the Edens from Lake Cook to the interchange at 45 minutes. Inbound on Eisenhower from Wolf at 33 minutes. Weather in Chicago, currently 44 degrees with a high of 48 today. Cloudy and breezy, some rain in the late afternoon. Tomorrow, similar weather and a higher likelihood of rain. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, clear skies, 54 degrees currently, a high of 75, sunny skies today. The NHL, yesterday, Blackhawks lose to Sabres, 3-2. The NFL, Bears lose to Lions, 26-31. Fields completed 169 passing yards, 140 rushing yards, and scored one touchdown. DJ Moore had 96 receiving yards and one touchdown. And the and tackle kicked the ball to the end zone for two points for the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, of course, they wouldn't mention that on uh, old ESPN. But uh, down to Foreman rushed 14 yards and scored one touchdown. Uh, Bears scored a total of three touchdowns to the Lions, six. As far as college football this weekend, uh, Georgia beat Tennessee 38-10. Ohio State won against Minnesota 37-3. Michigan took down Maryland 31-24. And Notre Dame won by a large margin against Wake Forest 45-7. You know, Chief, I wanted to mention, all this talk about AI, uh, I've, I've, just, I've been focused on this new button in Zoom. It's this AI companion. What is that? <laughs> Do you want to find out? Do you want to press it? I'll press it. See what happens. What if, what if everybody shuts off? I don't think everything will shut <laughs> off. I think we'll probably get a little friend to, to join us to tell us all about why AI is so bad. Oh, God. I'm going to press it. Oh, God. Enable well, you, AI. There we well, go. If you get anything good there, pipe in. Okay. Otherwise... Uh-oh. Yeah, uh, it's on my screen, Matt. It's, it's, he's been enabled. Uh, and here, uh, you can catch me up. What? So, so you're going to get everybody involved in this now? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Apparently, it's just in chat. So it, it, I've asked a question, uh, and it says, uh, not much has happened since AI Companion was turned on. Try again in a few minutes. So it's... What if it starts shooting at, at Jan and Nancy? <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be fine. We'll put up some shields and whatnot. Oh, God. Yeah. So, Nancy, I'm glad to hear your voice. I thought maybe you'd go grab the short sword after the bear game. No, I didn't really see that much of it. And, um, you know, what are you going to say? I think it's the coaches. They got to go. Hmm. How about how about the lines? They're in realignment. Well, it, it starts at the top, so let's just get rid of the big guys and start over again. We do that every three years. Well, let's do it sooner this time. See if okay. we get a different result. <laughs> What what is it? If you keep doing the same thing, expecting the same result, isn't that isn't that insanity? Is it insanity? Yeah, insanity? Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, it is. I don't even know. So then the question is, why are you even a fan? Why are you even? I mean, I had a big beer shirt I had sweat around yesterday. Just ridiculous. Well, don't tell me you ordered the orange one. No, it was blue. <laughs> How many colors do you have? Oh, I I got this for um, my birthday, so that's the only one I really have. So I have my dad's jersey, and that is orange. Oh God. Yeah, something, isn't it? I, I you know, I my uncles uh, were fanatic Bear fans, and one of my uncles played pro football for twelve years, not in the NFL and one of the other leagues that were around in those days. 
and uh, they were crazy bear fans. And I, I, I was, you know, I wasn't forced to. I loved football when I was a kid. I never saw them wear orange ever. And all of a sudden, all these these cover these colors come out of the anywhere just to get people buy them. John, do you remember them wearing orange? I don't. No. Well, it was vaguely, well, not vaguely, but pretty disrespectful in, in Irish, you know, surroundings to wear orange. So, yeah, of any for any affiliation, you look like what Tennessee wears orange, right? You look at the college team, mm. Nebraska too. Aren't Nebraska orange? Uh, no, Nebraska's red, I think. All right. Yeah, you're right. I remember that when I was down to the Orange Bowl game and they clobbered the Irish. They, I kept seeing Johnny Rogers' number going back and forth, and not Nebraska's lousy, but so that's uh the, you've been listening to some of the stuff. Um, uh, we're talking about you know the markets and the movement here, and this AI thing is an incredible fiasco. What uh, in the in the two weeks since you've been on the last time? What's going on in the real estate market? Had some big building down here sold for like half its mortgage. Uh, I mean, it's half been its yeah. What, was it was sold for what forty five? and The mortgage was eighty eight or something. And yeah. somebody just paid. Yeah. The people paid one fourteen for the building. Was it three years ago? Four years ago, yeah. Um, so that's that's a hit, uh, you know. And the and the when they say last week that the rates went from which they did and pretty quickly went from eight percent back down to like seven and a half. Now you you know the real numbers if it's what they're saying on TV, but all of a sudden this is a you know huge quick demand showed up. Does eight to seven and a half eight to seven and a half? I mean, it helps a little bit, but does that mean all of a sudden? You know, people are knocking down your door. Does it make any difference or no? No, it makes it. It doesn't make any difference. All it does is take the people who um, were in love with the house and were not in love with the rate. Maybe go ahead with the house. Really, if you're in love with the house, you should fu- you should get it because the rates will go up and the rates will go down. So, if you can afford it, you should get it. But a half a percent swing isn't going to cause anybody. When ninety percent of America is between two and four. Who's going to jump to seven and a half and say, oh, goody, goody gumdrops yeah. for that? Of course, we're Bears fans, so who knows? Yeah, well. Um, Pretty bad. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I was amazing fans of all these teams until I met some of the owners, and then I just sort of <laughs> sort of dropped. And now I just, I, you know, I, I appreciate how good they are. I mean, for a guy who's played softball his whole life, I mean, you have you have to go to a major league baseball game once in a while just to see how, how hard a routine play is. And you see, mm-hmm. the, I mean, you see these guys in football, you realize how good they are. I mean, they're they're absolutely the top of the gene pool and everything else. I mean, it's it's really incredible, you know, how good they are. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that that part's it's you know it's fun to watch. I mean, they're they're like really really good at something you used to like to play, you know. And uh, so it's you know it's it's nice to watch them. I mean, uh, but it's. The, the amount of money involved, and the, the and how they're all they're all monopolies, and only a few people get in. You you can't break in. It's 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 like the 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 noble class. It's the only place in this country you have to be voted on to get in, other than like a country club. What well, is a country club? You know these owners, and it, you know, and there's more and more and more money for these people. And it's like, good lord. But yet, yet it's it's the um, Giants' buddy Karl Marx was wrong. He said what? You said religion was the opiate of the people. It's actually sports, right, Jen? Sports, yeah. I mean, and now uh, sports gambling. Yeah, now sports gambling. We're all going to be... Sports gambling is really... I, I mean, you see them advertise. It's just... It's oh, unbelievable, Nancy. Friend of everybody. See, I just can't get over it. <laughs> it's, our new sal- yeah. it's our new salvation. Yeah. You realize... you do going to balance it. our budgets, Tom. 
Man, Nancy, see, Nancy doesn't even know that in her lifetime she's been saved by gambling four times. <laughs> and how is that? Well, you were saved by the lotto, remember? Oh, that's right. It was going to solve everything. Then it, would, then it was going to be off-track betting. Then it was going to be the casinos. And now it's sports gambling. Every time, every time <laughs> we weren't saved by anything. <laughs> Just, and now it's sports gambling. It's going to save us all. I saw the other day, Tom, that Bally's now is rumored not to be able to go through with their casino deal, and then we're going to have a, a permanent temporary casino at Medina Temple. So, Well, you know they're never so going to close that place. And the other no. place, you know, I just... You, you, you watch this and you, and you swear, you, you think it's like a movie. Right? I mean, some people are constantly manipulating the stuff behind the scenes, and, and you know, some people are making money, and other people are losing money. I, I, didn't, I stopped, I don't know why I did this, I was at the Myers getting uh, gas and coffee yesterday morning. I looked at those instant lottery things. You know, some of those are thirty bucks. Yeah, unbelievable. Thirty uh, dollars yeah. for instant. Well, they, they they start at five, right, John? They go from five to yeah. thirty. Thirty is the top. No, they're dollar. They have dollar. Dollar instant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't see that. It might have been one, but they go. There's five. There's ten. There's fifteen. As you walk up the chain, and the top one, the very top, is thirty. I think. I've never heard of really. I've never heard of that. I'm sorry. We had a boy. I don't know. Maybe a match. We had a. We had. We were using up so much space on our servers that we had an interview once. Uh, Kathy Durvin. This, this is a job. This is a job for Matt Byrne. Maybe you could look this one up. Either you or Matt Weber. I'd love to get that guy back on again. He's a big critic of the lottery and how crooked it is. And I, you know, I I, I always. When the lotto, the lotto itself gets up to a certain number, you know, we get a buck in from everybody in the office and we go get it. Mm. But the idea being that that week, they're actually going to pay out a hell of a lot more than it was bet that week. Now it doesn't increase your odds, but it actually, in game theory, it means that it's not so bad of a bet. Okay, again, your odds don't change for the better, but it's somewhat of a of a pari mutual system, although a sucky one because they pay out. Did forty two percent, John? They pay out. Yeah. If, yeah just, now, Nancy, sure, you should know well, this is a gambler. At horse races, they pay out 85%. So you're way better off going to horses than you are playing a lottery. I mean, if you ever actually just want to gamble. But having said that, um, so this guy comes on, and he starts talking about how crooked it is. And I go, how can that be crooked? He goes, no, you, you, you don't get it. Now it's this instant lottery is where, I mean, if you walk into, and this is I'm just going to sound like a racial statement, but if you walk into... You know, gas station in some areas, people are paying these instant lotteries that are, shall we say, un- incapable of, of knowing what the odds are and how bad it's stacked against you. And they're, they're scratching away at it. But the guy says, okay, you might have, they all have names. And all these people seem to know the names. I mean, they talk about knowing their stuff. And uh, I just look at, you know, 20 stupid looking games, but every one of them evidently is different, right? So yeah. they say they've, say there's 100,000 tickets in a certain game, and there might be, Fifteen hundred dollar, hundred thousand dollar winners, or something. Well, if if all fifteen come out in the first twenty thousand tickets, they sell the the rest of the eighty, knowing there's no more winners left. Or, which is even worse, if they sell eighty thousand of the tickets and only like two or three of the winners have come out, and they know the remaining twenty thousand has like ten or twelve of the big winners yet, they pull the game. You're kidding. 
That's what this guy was saying. I'm sitting there. I, I was never so shocked. I'm sitting there going, God, am I a dumb? I never, I never dreamed they would do something like that. Yet, they do, according to him. Unbelievable. Yeah. That is. So anyway, you, you've been saved four times from gambling. Uh, now, now it's <laughs> now no this, idea. And now the city casino. Fifth, fifth time will be the charm. Now, don't you feel saved by the city casino, Lance? Well, maybe it'll keep me from watching the Bears games. Well, <laughs> I mean, then I would feel saved, I guess. Well, look now—if you were a gambler, you're saved. They covered. I think they covered. They were—they were—they were seven-point dogs. They were—they lost by five. They covered. So in your mind, they won. If you're a gambler. Well, yeah, they won somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if, if you if you if you put you know a big sheet, um, a G on them, you you're a winner. You're happy. The Bears won for you. Mm. You know what I got for my birthday? Don't tell I me. Got Another Bears jersey. I got an Ed Sprinkle card. Do you know who Ed Sprinkle, Sprinkle was? He was a he's a Hall of Famer from the Bears, right? Yeah, yeah. He was back in the God. He was the twenties before or my time. Yeah, but. he was the twenty or twenties or thirties. Yeah. Was he a what was he? Was he an end? I think he was an end. Man, why don't you look up Ed Sprinkle on, on Wiki? I mean, I, I remember that name. He's one of the. I think his jersey was not retired, though, was it? Maybe it was. Let's look up Ed Sprinkle. Yeah. Chicago Bears. All right, so Nance, what? He got he got, he got inducted in 2020 because this is his Hall of Fame card, and um, number seven with the Bears. It's, was that retired? Actually, um, no. I retired. Retired. I think Lujak was seven, wasn't he? He was a pass catching end. Yeah, he played both he, ways. I'm oh, sure. he played the defense too. Yeah, he played. No, that was both way era. What college is he from? He's an all-decade player. There are 14 retired jerseys, uh, three, five, and seven. There's a longer list, of course. Well, three is, is Branko Nagurski, I think. Mm. Yeah, so seven is Ed Sprinkle then. Yeah, what was Johnny Lujak? Not Johnny Lujak, Sid Luckman. I believe that's 42, according to this. Okay. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it's a... Um, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't believe it. Now, why don't you get like a... What, what isn't uh, Nancy's mortgage? You get a skybox. I might I might go if you had a skybox. <laughs> if I had known, Tom, I would have gotten one for you. Yes. Would we bring I don't think all the beer in the world could have helped, though. No, no. We'd, have we'd to still go have to sit through the game. We'd have to go with the hard stuff. It's a lot easier... When you got a bar, it's a lot easier. Just saying. Um, so, what is the in, what does the industry look like? Is anybody working? You're a mortgage industry. I know you are, but I mean, how many how many people would you say five years They're, ago topped up? Everybody's down to bare bare bones staff. Bare bones. So, how many people bones. are we talking across the board are no longer there countrywide? Is it like a hundred thousand, fifty thousand? Well, I have no idea, but I mean, it, it, every every staff is just bare bones, and they're trying to find a way to um, just, um, in other words, get you certified as a processor, and then you can just process for people. They're they're process. What does that mean? Uh, process the loan. So you would and and for underwriting. So what you would do is you wouldn't even have a staff anymore. It would just go to this general center who would person would process it. Then it would go to the underwriter, and they're just going to make all these people generic so that the companies can just share them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It, it's hard because people don't understand, especially the the 
like the kids that just sit in the bank, they don't understand that when they give out information, it may or what they're saying may or may not be true depending on, you know, all the underwriting laws and then whatever um, overlays there are to that because every um, servicer has a different overlay. So meaning that they have different things that they're looking for. So you can really get people in once and once it's it's been denied, it's denied. I mean, there's nothing you can do. So if you can really talk to an underwriter ahead of time, that's very, very, very helpful. Because well, then you could stay away from certain companies versus others. Well, it's been the conclusion, the theme of certainly uh, you and Audrey, and I think Jan and I would agree uh, that there's so many people locked in at these lower rates a significant percentage of whom probably could not afford their current home at the higher rates. So as we used to say in the trading floor, don't rack the boat, keep your hands in the boat, and we'll get through this. Have there been, have you heard any rumors? We've, Jan and I have talked about some some areas where people are getting laid off, you know, some, some companies laid people off or blah, blah, blah. And uh, we don't really see that so much here in Chicago, thank God. But there are areas, my, my friend Robin, she moved into an area in uh, New Jersey where it was the home to Lucent, you know, which used to be Western Electric. How they got her headquarters out there, I have no idea. But uh, I think she's in Far Hills or someplace. So that's where Lucent was. And when Lucent went under, like four houses on her block were up for sale. Her son was in grammar school at the time, and instead of having 35 kids in his class, the next year he had like 18. Uh, mm-hmm. are, you, are you aware of any areas kind of around here or that you even heard of through your, your contacts where a whole bunch of people got laid off and all of a sudden you know 15-20% of the people had to sell in the neighborhood and what that did to prices if, if anything I've not, I heard, have I've not heard anything like that have you? John have you? No although you know if you if you listen to what you know, Home Depot and Target and other places are saying um, and especially this is in the run up to Christmas uh the prospects look, you know, pretty dismal for for retail sales, at least in, in brick and mortar stores. And I think there are, you know, you know, plans to cut staff. It would be the opposite in any other season like this coming up to Thanksgiving. I'm just getting inundated by Black Friday sales stuff in my email, and um, I just, you know, it looks like there's a lot riding on how this season plays out. I think you'll you'll see a lot of uh, layoffs, though. I, I just feel you know that, that we're we're standing on the brink of something um, in Christmas season and after Christmas season. I think there'll be a big pullback. Yeah, I don't. What that would? I think we're. I don't know if I'm hoping or I'm thinking that if we can somehow not have some general lay everybody off sort of recession, which I really hope we don't. I think we somehow three, four years from now, we can work our th- way through this mortgage thing because people will have been able, hopefully, to build up a little wealth with the lower mortgages. If all of a sudden all help breaks loose, I think we got a real problem, and I just hope it doesn't happen. Because, I mean, what percentage of people in the last three years, Nancy, you put in a home at 3.5%, if it was 8 could actually afford the place they're in? I mean, they don't oh, be specific. I, it's, you know, there is no doubt that people cannot that's why people are staying where they're at they, they just can't afford to just go up like that so it, I mean if 90% of people are in somewhere between 2 and 4 you can probably say 70% of the people 
you know, really can't move. Don't. Well, some of the people probably have gotten raises and and maybe gotten promoted and stuff. I mean, some people are, are probably working their way up the tree where they could. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, it's just a guess. Yeah, it's I mean, because I, mean, I, uh, I remember uh, I had a friend back in the 2007 era, and uh, she lived way out on, uh, I don't even know the place was Chicago, like way out in the O's. <laughs> it's like past Harlem. And okay. It was, it was a neighborhood, nice, real nice neighborhood. was half white, half maybe Hispanic. Uh, it moved in the last several many years. But, you know, they had the black parties and all, but real, real nice there. I wasn't there once. Uh, said that the, they had a black party the week before, and the, the big topic of conversation was how nobody could afford their homes if they had to buy them again. Because they all, they all paid, I'm going to say, high ones, low twos. And some of the ones were trading at the time for like 450 You know how high they got back then. And mm-hmm. uh, and says there there wasn't a person there that said if they didn't if they if they could move into the area now and that when that's when that starts to happen you just you just hope nothing bad happens same way with now I just I, I hope these people don't have to unload these places or don't get divorced or don't lose their job because they're probably pretty comfortable there for the next fifteen years if they don't right if everything stays the same I would think so what's what's going on in the rental market. The rental market um, is good for people. The, the problem is, um, like I just had a loan maybe two weeks ago where um, the, the person has to refinance their house or sell it. It's court ordered. And why, why would that be? Uh, because they got divorced over three years ago. Okay. And she, yeah, so that ends that conversation. So. She didn't like her rate, and um, I said, "Okay, that's fine. I'm going to give you get, take a day and try and find something to rent before we put it up for sale." And she said, "Okay." And she called me back and said, "Everything I want to rent is more than the house payment." Yeah. I said, "Okay." So, what would you like to do? And she said, "I'm going to have to stay." So there you go. So she had to refinance. Right. She's going to refinance. So it's it just goes to show you. I mean, people are not used to hearing um, numbers to rent that are higher than house payments. I mean, with your taxes, with your insurance, the whole the whole nine yards. Well, we've talked. We only got a couple of minutes, and I don't want to go into my usual inflation rant. But I think the the shock uh, that, that people are getting, uh, you know, in, in terms of anything, a repair of a car, a new car. Um, anything you do. I mean, I went, I'm doing a little, I mean, I'm always doing some remodeling at my place. But now, next year, all the stuff we did, all the decks and stuff we did, uh, probably all need to be stained because it's been a couple of years and I got some really good wood, so it didn't need to. Anyway, I'm looking at it, I'm going, to do this right, the whole, the whole deck over the garage and the three porches in the back, I'm probably going to need 20, 25 gallons of, of, of a good stain. Well, it's sixty bucks a shot. That's, it's. I mean, I'm twelve hundred hours in in stain before I even go into brushes and people and lunches and breakfast. <laughs> For God's sake, how much is this going to cost me? Matt, you know, I don't know. My, my building, if you gave it to somebody, I'm not so sure you could make money. The guy could make money at it. You know, I mean, with, with just the normal maintenance on a building that's that old and and what you can get. I mean, I you probably could make something, but. I don't see how you could be paying a 
ten thousand dollar a month uh, nut or something or five thousand and and be and make any dough. I mean, right. it's, it's scary. It's what, very scary. Tom, Nancy, the the story about the woman who you know couldn't find a place to rent is really yeah frightening. I mean, it would be bad enough if if you were boxed into your house because um, interest rates kept you there, but when you can't downsize any other way. You know, if, if if there is a downturn in jobs, these people are going to be extremely pressed. I, I just that's really scary. Well, Nancy, I got a question. It's important enough for us to run over. What if the person who has to move that has a three percent mortgage? Um, can, how hard is it for them to get another mortgage and not sell that place and rent that place out? It, or do people not want you? Because it seems to me that would be the solution to rent the one out. It, that you're only paying three and a half percent on if you have to move to another town, keep it. But they're not letting you do that, are they? Um, the, you can do that if you can afford it. Well, that's what I mean. If you can afford it, they're letting you do that. But the the problem is, um, I don't know, maybe about nine months ago that they or a year ago they, um, if you want to use rental property or a second home. That's not going to be the same interest rate as if it's your primary residence. Yeah. So they've they have you know you're going to pay a premium to in one of those two. But you don't have to dump your mortgage if you if I had no. a house for five years and I'm paying three percent and all of a sudden I I have to move to Colorado and I have enough money to buy a new one. They're not going to take my old mortgage away from me just because I rented it, are they? No, 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 absolutely not. No, no. But it's going to. I mean, it's just. This is an economy where we're kind of like dancing around the fringes and wondering, because we have been through it before, we see a lot of potential ahead for some rocky roads. Yep. Like you're your hands in the boat. These people are jumping out of the boat um, or could be jumping out of the boat. So I think it's hard for um, us older, maybe a little light gray hair people, um, to realize that we, you know, there could be trouble ahead, and the younger generation is looking at it like nothing's wrong because they haven't heard it on the news yet. Yep. Well, we got a dash, and maybe Matt could figure out as a young person the, the internal question from the trading floor: How many fat ladies can dance on the end of a pin, Matt? Let's ask the AI. How many? <laughs> how, many how many fat, fat ladies? Can, ladies. Oh, wait, can't say fat. How many spatially challenged ladies? Can, I see. Yeah, we got to be more. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys. Uh, hopefully, I'll see Debodias this weekend. Uh, and uh, John, maybe you. Um, we're coming your yep. way Wednesday night for a birthday party. I hear for somebody. Maybe we'll invite you. Nancy, I'm hoping I'll see you. SP Futures up four. Nancy Futures up twenty six. We were up. We were down. Now we're back up. Back tomorrow. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.